0: Chapter 13 through 16 of The Paradise or Garden of the Holy Fathers by Palladius. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 13, The History of Apollonius the Merchant. And again, another man whose name was Apollonius used to dwell in this Mount Nitria, and he was a merchant who had come there to learn to lead the life and conversation of an anchorite, Now this man found no handicraft at the exercise of which he could employ himself, and he could neither fast nor keep vigil like the other ascetics to any great extent. During the twenty years which he lived in this mountain, it was his rule of life and triumph that by his own labor and toil he used to buy from Alexandria everything which was required by the brethren and the things which were needed for the healing of the sick and carry them to the sick and it was a marvelous thing to see him going about among the monasteries and cells of the brethren each day from the earliest dawn, when he set out until the ninth hour, and he used to stand by the door and say, Is there peradventure one sick here? And he carried about pomegranates and dried cakes and raisins and eggs and the things which are necessary for the sick. Now he found this rule of life easy to acquire, and to continue until his old age. And he was able to attend to the affairs of the 5,000 brethren who were dwelling in the mountain. And when he died, he left whatever he had unto another man like unto himself, and he begged him to carry out this ministration, because the place where the monks lived was a desert and was destitute of the things of the world. Chapter 14. The Histories of the Natural Brethren Paisaeus and Isaiah. And there were also there two brethren whose names were Paisaeus and Isaiah, who were the sons of a certain merchant who traded in Spain. And when their father died, they divided his inheritance between them. And there came to each of them money which amounted to 5,000 dinars, and furniture and raiment and slaves, and property of all kinds. And these blessed men took counsel together and meditated together, and said unto each other, By what manner of trafficking shall we live in this world? If we continue to exercise the trade of our father, we shall only double our labor and toil, for the benefit of others. And perhaps our wealth will fall into the hands of thieves, by land or of pirates by sea. And whilst they were being troubled by such thoughts as these, they answered and said unto each other, Let us come to the way of truth, and let us acquire the life and conversation of the Christians, whereby we shall both keep the benefit of what our Father hath left us, and get possession of our soul. And this proposition concerning the labor of the dwellers in the monasteries was pleasing unto them, and each of them found in his discipleship the power to judge as to what work he should embrace. And having divided their father's inheritance— They both possessed the eager care to please God by the various kinds of labors of life of the mourner. One of them divided everything which had come to him and gave it to the churches and monastic habitations and distributed it among the poor and needy. And he learned a handicraft at which he could work and earn his daily bread. And he was constant in prayer and fasting. The other brother did not distribute his possessions, But he built himself a monastery, and gathered together unto him a few brethren, and providing therefore, became a care unto him. All strangers and poor folk, and all the aged men and sick folk who thronged unto him, he used to receive and relieve their wants. And every first day of the week and every Sabbath he used to prepare three tables, and to relieve the wants of every one who happened to be present there, and thus he spent all his possessions. Now when the two brothers died, abundant blessings was ascribed unto them by the whole brotherhood. But the one brother pleased some of them most, and the other the others. And although the brethren praised both brothers, a dispute arose among them concerning the superior merit of one or the other of the two brothers. Then the brethren went to the blessed Pambo, and related the matter unto him, and wished to learn which rule of life and labor was the greater and more excellent. And Pombo said unto them, They are both perfect. One man made manifest the work of Abraham by his hospitality, the other the self-denial of Elijah. And again the brethren said unto him, How is it possible for the two to be equal in merit? We praise and magnify him who embraced poverty, for we find that he did the work of the gospel, and selling everything that he had and giving it to the poor, and that every day and at every season both by day and by night, he took up his cross and followed after his Lord by his fasting and his prayers. And again the other brethren contended with him, saying, The other brother showed such supreme compassion on those who were strangers and on those who were afflicted, that he would even sit in the highways and gather together the passers-by who were in trouble. And not only did he relieve his own soul, but he also brought a lightning." Unto many souls that were heavy laden, and would make ready the dead for the grave and bury them. And the blessed Pambo said unto them, Again I say unto you that both are equal in merit, and I will tell you how each one of them became so. Unless the one had fasted, he would not have been worthy of the goodness and compassion of the other. And again, the other, in relieving the wants of strangers, also lightened his own load, For though a man may think that he hath trouble in receiving them, yet he has also gained rest of the body. But tarry ye here a few days, so that I may learn the answer from God. And come ye back to me, and I will declare it unto you. And after a few days they came unto him, and they asked him to tell them what had been revealed unto him. And he answered and said unto them, I have seen them both standing in the paradise of Eden, as it were in the presence of God. Chapter 15. The History of Macarius, the Child of His Cross There was also a certain youth whose name was Macarius, and when he became a young man about eighteen years old, he used to pasture flocks and herds, along with other young men of his own age and position, by the side of the lake which is called Marotius, And without wishing to do so, he unwittingly committed a murder, and without saying a word to any man, he straightway rose up and departed, and he went out and journeyed into the desert. Thus he attained to the fear of God and to the love of men, in such wise that he esteemed himself lightly. And he passed three years in the desert, in the open air, and without a roof over his head. Now in that country no rain falleth, and this every one, so to say, knoweth either from hearsay or from actual experience. And after three years he built himself a cell, and he dwelt therein for five and twenty years, and performed great labors. And he was held worthy of the divine gift of being able to treat with contempt the devils. And he was completely happy in the ascetic life, and in the noble labors thereof. Now I dwelt hard by this man for no short time, and once I asked him, What is thy thought about the sinfulness of that murder, which thou didst commit? And he said unto me, I am entirely untroubled by it, for I am bound to confess that the sin of this involuntary murder was the good cause of the redemption of my life, and the testimony of the book confirmeth this view, saying not even Moses, the servant of God, would have been held worthy of the divine vision unless through fear for the murder which he had committed, he had forsaken Egypt and come unto Mount Sinai, where he was held to be worthy of converse with God and to compose the commandments of the Spirit. Now we speak these things not because we wish to help murder, but only in order that we may particularly show that spiritual excellences spring from tribulations when a man is not of his own will persuaded to draw nigh unto goodness. Some spiritual excellences arise from the will, and some from tribulation. And in the works which I have found, appended to this history, I have discovered that the murder which Macarius committed belonged to this latter class. And Macarius prayed always, and he prayed with his arms and hands extended in the form of a cross. And when he had drawn nigh to the end of his course, which was not caused by illness, At that time, I say, he stood up in the corner of his cell and extended his hands and arms in prayer, and thus praying, he yielded up his spirit. And when he who used to bring him food came and saw him standing by the side of the wall with his hands stretched out, he remained standing outside, thinking that Macarius was standing up in prayer, as was his wont. Then, having waited about three hours, he opened the door and went in, and said unto him, Bless, Master. And when he did not answer him, he drew nigh and shook him. And when he saw that he was dead, he came to us and told us. And having come, we saw him standing in the form of a cross, and we marveled. Now when he had laid him out upon the ground, we were unable to bring his hands nigh unto his body. And so we dug his grave in the form of a cross and laid him in it. And I was sorely grieved because of his departure, and I fell into a slumber and slept. And a voice came unto me which said, Inasmuch as during his lifetime he loved the cross which he bore through his good works, in it also he shall have his rest, in the form of that which he desired longingly hath he been buried. And in the same form shall he stand up at the right hand on the day of Christ, And having heard these things, I awoke and I glorified God and the power of the cross. Chapter 16. The History of the Blessed Nathanael. Died about 376 A.D. And there was also another man among the aged ones whose name was Nathanael. And him I never met in his life, for he died fifteen years before I entered into this mountain, but I have met those who dwelt with him for a long time, and having made inquiries of these, I learned concerning the triumphs of the man, and they also showed me his cell, wherein at that time no man was living, because it was nigh unto the world. But Abba Nathaniel built it long ago, when the monks were few in number. Now they used to relate concerning this man, that his patient endurance in his cell was such that he never moved from his place to go outside the door of his habitation for the disposition of his will. At the beginning he was laughed at by the evil one, who mocketh at and leadeth astray every man. And he made Nathaniel to feel weariness in his first cell, and he went and built himself another cell in the neighborhood of the city. Now after he had built the other cell and had dwelt therein, some three or four months later, the devil, who had waged war against him from the beginning, came by night holding in his hand a sling like a hunter, and he was dressed in the garb of the Romans, and he was slinging stones with the sling which he was holding. Then that blessed man Mathaniel answered and said unto him, Who art thou who doest these things in the place wherein I dwell? The devil said unto him, I am he who made thee to flee from thy first cell, and I have come that I may make thee to flee from this place. Now, when they knew that the devil was laughing at him because he had departed from his first cell, straightway he returned and went back thereto. And he lived in his first cell for the space of thirty and seven years, in such strict abnegation that he never passed outside the door. And meanwhile he was warring with the devil, and the wicked devil made him to experience so many afflictions and troubles in order to drive him out of his cell, that it would be impossible for any man to recount them. But the evil one watched and obtained his opportunity in the arrival of the bishops who came to Nathaniel. Now they were all holy men, and whether the ordering of the matter was due to the will of God or to the temptation of the evil one, we know not. But he made Nathaniel to fall away somewhat from his intention, for when the bishops had prayed and gone forth, Nathanael did not escort them the distance of one step, and the servants who were with them said to him, Dost thou possess the faculty of pride, that thou wilt not accompany the bishops? Then Nathanael said unto them, I died once and for all, to all my lords the bishops, and to the whole world, and I have a secret matter concerning which it is God only who knoweth my heart, and why I did not go forth and escort them. Then that devil, who was still making a mock of this self-abnegation, nine months before Nathaniel's death, took upon himself the form of a young man, who was about twenty years old, and he was following after an ass, which was carrying bread in the bed of the river. Now when it was far into the evening, the young man passed close to the cell, and pretended that the ass had fallen down under its burden, and he began to cry out and say, Abba Nathanael, help me, and come and render me assistance. And Nathaniel heard the voice of the young man, who he thought was crying out, and he opened the door, and as he was standing inside, he spake with him, and said unto him, Who art thou, and what dost thou want me to do for thee? And the young man said unto him, I am such and such a young man, and I am carrying bread to such and such a brother, because he wisheth to make a love feast. And the day which dawneth tomorrow will be the Sabbath, and the bread for the offering will be necessary. I beg of thee, therefore, not to tarry in assisting me, lest the hyenas come and devour both me and the ass. Now there were many hyenas in that place. Then the blessed Nathaniel stood still in great astonishment, and he was much troubled in his mind by the mercy which had revealed itself to him. And he meditated within himself, saying, It is either through the command of God that I must fall, or through my will, having reached its limit. Finally he meditated within himself and said, It is better for him who hath guarded for all these years the limit of his will, and hath not passed over this door to remain in the same condition, which will put the evil one to shame, than to go out. And he prayed to God. Then he made answer unto him, whom he believed to be the young man, crying out, and said unto him, Young man, hear me, I believe that the God whom I serve will send thee help, if it be needed by thee, and that neither the hyenas nor anything else will harm thee, but if thou art a temptation, may God discover thy craftiness. And he shut the door and held his peace, and that devil was put to shame, and by reason of his wickedness, he took the form of a whirlwind, and the forms of wild asses, which dance about and skip and break wind. This is the story of the triumph of the blessed Nathaniel, and this is the story of his labor and of his ending. End of chapter 13 through 16